Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Uh, so today, Dale and Kelly, round two, come on up. <laughs> yeah, let's welcome them. Yeah, you guys are in for a real treat today. So they're going to be talking about uh, uh, coming out of darkness. And it's, uh, you know, as Pastor RJ and Mary, you know, trust us and, and different people to speak on the stage. It's because God has a word uh, for the season of your life. And so just know that today that they're speaking not something that's just particular to only one person that's here, uh, but to also yourself. So be open today uh, for the word that the Lord's going to share through them. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, Stephen. Well, excuse me. WCF, welcome. It's so good to be here today, and I'm so glad that you're here. And, you know, we're all here today because we are children of God. There's no one, there's no big guys or little CUs or whatever that saying goes, you know. Uh, but we're here because we love the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And we want what God has for us. We want the best because we're, we're kids, we're children of the King. Amen. He loves us, right? right? Amen. Amen. So our, uh, what we're going to be speaking on today is called Out of the Darkness. But before we start, I would just like to pray with us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. That, Lord, we are your children. And you have all good things for us. And you would desire for us, Lord, to have a clean heart. Mm -hmm. For you said, without holiness, no man shall see you. Our desire is to see you and to live with you all the days of eternity. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I'm asking now, Father, that for each and every one here and each and every one listening, Father, that whatever has gone on in the day, Father God, that... Lord, you just take the thoughts of our mind and cause our minds to be at peace with you. Our hearts to be at peace with you, Father God. That we can receive what you have for us today. That it does not stop today, Lord, but all the days of our lives. And our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives, Father. For this is your will. That we hear you, we know you, we walk in you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And as I said, we are speaking on out of the darkness. We are talking about spiritual darkness and spiritual death. Right? Now, most of them, everybody knows death. Right? We know what it is. Most, some people think that it's finality. That that's it. When When the life goes out of you, there's no more. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God is a God of the living. He's the God of the living and the dead. El Elohe Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the God of the living and not of the dead. That God, that even in judgment, there's life. Right? If we go, when we, when we pass through this life, when we pass through uh, judgment, and those who are raised to life, to go into heaven, and those who are raised to the death, they go to hell, right? That's simple, the Bible says. So let's hear what the language of, some of the language of the Bible says about that. 
In Mark 9, 42 to 47, it's speaking about offending people. Jesus said, the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. In Matthew 13, 41, 42, and 49 and 50, he says that those who offend and cause, he said, they'll be cast into a fire of furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Right? These are words, I don't know about you, but these words don't sound like finality to me. It doesn't sound like that's all there is once we go. It sounds like they're still going to be living. They're still going to be there, but there's going to be suffering. There's going to be pain. But when we come out of the darkness, we will know the difference. When we walk, then we don't have to experience the spiritual death, the separation from God. And, and so I got to get out of the way here and let my lovely wife, Kelly, speak because she's got a lot to say. And, <laughs> and I might... Get ready. Uh, yeah, I hope you got your pen and papers ready. Maybe you brought a lunch. You might need it. Uh, if, she, no. if, she, if, she gets, if she gets flowing, uh, we've got time. it. All right. All right. Mark the time right now. All right. All right. Praise God. Hi, heart, uh, church family. Uh, as Dale was saying, we're uh, blessed to be here. Pastor RJ and Mary have asked us to come today and continue in the series that they uh, have been doing. And we're here to talk about what it is to walk in spiritual darkness. What is it? And so we're going to take a look at some scripture, uh, starting off with 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8. And it says this, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey. Somebody say obey. Obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them, and that's what Dale was talking about just now in the open. So the definition of the word disobedience is lack of obedience, or refusal to comply, or to disregard. So what is it to be obedient? Compliance. <laughs> Compliance with a command. The performance of what is required by authority. Who's the ultimate authority? God. God. Amen. Or the abstaining from what is prohibited. So then to walk in spiritual darkness is to walk in disobedience. Right? It's when we choose to live our lives contrary to the word of God. It's when we refuse to walk in the truth. John 17, 14 through 17 says, I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Verse 16, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. And 17, make them holy by your truth, your word is truth. 
God's word is truth, amen? God's word is light. Jesus gave us his, God's word to be a guide to us in this dark world, but we have to comply, right? The word of God tells us in James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Come on. We're supposed to be walking in alignment with God's word daily, consistently. Come on. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Come on. In God, there's no darkness at all. And there should be no darkness in us at all as his children. Amen? So what does that look like for us today in practicality? To make it plain and simple, uh, if in any way we're walking contrary to the word of God, we're walking in darkness. If it isn't light, it's darkness. So breaking it down a little bit, how about when it comes to our finances? You know, we've all been through the same year and a half. It's been tough on everybody around the world. We can say, you know what? I, ha- I-, I, gotta-, I gotta recoup my losses somehow. Come on, I, I got a mortgage to pay. I, I got to send my daughter through university. I-, I need to do this. I need to do that. I've got to make up my losses. And so the paper trail of your business dealings starts to get lost. Come on. Nope. Come on. Come on, start doing things under the table, kind of. Come on, to, to make up for your losses. Come on, surely you understand. You, everybody around the world understands what's going on, how many people have lost their jobs, businesses have closed. I, I got a family to support. Come on now, really? Come on. Right? Well, if it's under the table, isn't it dark down there? Come on. The Bible says in Mark 8, 36, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Come on. We'll move on a little bit. What about how we approach Christian dating? Sex outside of marriage and before marriage is a widely accepted practice in today's society. As a matter of fact, it's become the standard. But it's not God's standard. Come on. I was recently watching a movie, it wasn't a Christian movie, and um, it was all about the world's view, somebody say world's view, world's view of dating, okay? And it was about, I guess it was like four girlfriends, friends, they were all in relationships and uh, they all wanted to get married, but they were having issues trying to get their guy to pop the question. And... They were just talking amongst themselves, girl, it's been four years and he still hasn't popped the question and I don't know what more I can do. And the other one would chime in and they're all talking about, you know, their, their plight and trying to get their boyfriends to, you know, put a ring on it. And so one day, uh, one of the girls, she just happened to catch ear of a talk show that was on and a guy was on there who had just recently written a book, a man who had written a book for women about men to tell the woman how to get your man to do what you want him to do and pop the question. 
So her ears perked up, and she started listening. She said, what is that book? She got the name. She went out, and she bought the book, right? She didn't stop there. She went and told the friends, girl, you wouldn't believe what I heard today. You, this book I got, oh, it is good. It is good. You need to get this book. So girlfriend two, three, and four went out and bought the book. Come on. They thought they had found the answer, right? They read the book cover <gasps> to cover. Come on, somebody. That'll preach right there. Let's go. All right? And then they began to do what the guy was telling them to do, right? But when they opened up the pages, they started seeing that the man's standards were higher than their standards had been for themselves. Don't we do that sometimes? Don't we sometimes lower our standards just to say that we have someone? Just because maybe we're afraid, okay, well, if I don't take this one, then maybe there won't be another one that will come. And we, so we, we start to lower our standards. Come on. But anyway, he started trying to tell the ladies, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you have success. And so the first thing that he told them, I think, was... Um, Okay, first off, ladies, if the man comes to you, he drives up to pick you up, and when you get to the car, he doesn't get out of the car and open the car door for you. Ah, don't get in the car. Run, y'all. Come on. That's pretty good advice, <laughs> right? Right? And he went on to tell him other things, you know, about how he treats his mother, and, you know, some of the advice was pretty good advice. But then the culmination of all the details that he was spilling out for these women was this, ladies, no intimacy for the first 90 days. Come on, somebody, 90 days. Really? If you didn't get married on day 89, come on, there's something wrong with that. This man's standards are not God's standards. Come on, and they were eating it up. Remember, read it cover to cover, started doing, but... Huh. Whew, why is it that the world can offer a how-to book and we eat it up, come on and start doing what it says, but God gives us, come on, his word, the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, come on, the real way, truth and the life, and it stays on the coffee table. Come on. We're supposed to be doers of God's word, not the world's world, word, not the world's plan, not the world's standards. We're supposed to be doers of God's word. We are deceived if we think that we can reach into some darkness and pull out some light. Isaiah 5.20 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light. And light for darkness. We've got the word of God. We don't have to walk in darkness. We're supposed to expose it. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Let's look at the definition for the word darkness. It says, obscurity. Want of clearness. That quality or state which renders anything difficult to be understood as the darkness of counsels 
empire of Satan, absence of light. Whose counsel are we listening to? Come on, somebody. Are we listening to dark counsel? Are we calling up the psychic hotline to find out about our future? God said <laughs> in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Come on, I know all your days. I know how many hairs you have on your head. I was there when you were conceived. Come on, I'm the one that you need to come to about your future. Hallelujah. Or we run into our friends that don't yet know Jesus to find out how to handle our personal issues and our personal lives. Come on, somebody. The definition went on to say absence of light. If there's no light in it, then it's darkness. Come on, plain and simple. If Jesus wouldn't tell you to do it, it's darkness. If he wouldn't condone it, it's darkness. Hallelujah. If you have to hide it, it's darkness. I once heard Joyce Meyer say, the Lord told her, Joyce, don't you know that if you have to hide it, there's something wrong with it? Come on. Come on. If there's deception in your marriage, it's darkness. Whether it's relational deception or financial, if you're hiding receipts, if you got an extra bank account that your spouse doesn't know about, if you're buying a pair of shoes or a purse and hiding it, whatever it is, come on. If you're hiding it, it's darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Pastor RJ laid the perfect foundation for us last week when he said there must first be a departure. Come on, we have to depart from the darkness and able to walk in the light. Somebody say out of the darkness. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Come on. Do you really want to be successful? I can tell you how. It comes out of this book right here. Come on, if you open up this book to Joshua 1 and 8, it'll give you the answer for success. It says, study this book, come on, of instruction continual. Meditate on it day and night. Come on, and be sure to obey. There's that word again. Come on, if you obey what's written in this word. Come on. And then the end of it says, and only then, only then. Come on, say it. Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? Hallelujah. The Lord has given us all the answers. Amen. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you're not like that. You're not like those that walk in darkness. You're not like those who walk in dark counsel. Come on. You're a chosen people. You're royal priests, a holy nation, God's own possession. Hallelujah. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Somebody say, out of the darkness. Come on. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
me. I once was lost. I once walked that way. I once did it that way. But now I'm found. I belong to Jesus. Who I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, honey. My, 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 Come on. My, my, my. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. All is all. There's no, no one exempt here listening today. There's no one exempt that's going to hear later. All is all. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All were dead in their sins and trespasses. All. So, just take it a plane. We're all dead man walking. To be before we come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We took his breath. We breathe his breath. His blood courses through our veins. But we're, we're, we were dead man walking before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Right? You just heard how obedience obliterates darkness and, and gives light. And it's sad to say that, that some people today walk oblivious to that. Oblivious to the life that God has provided for us. And some of them are claiming to be Christians. Claiming Christianity. And we're talking about darkness. I'm going to talk about spiritual death here now, a little deeper here. But their error is that they've taken what is holy and made it common. Denying, denying the cross, denying the blood, denying the deity of Jesus, and denying judgment. Thinking that and believing that when it happens and it comes, if Jesus was to come today, no matter how we're, we're living our lifestyle, when we get there, we're like, oh, hi, Jesus, how you doing, man? It's so good to see you. And, and they're failing to realize that they're standing before the lawmaker and giver, the standard bearer who set he set the standard for us. And he says, this is the way walk there in. He says, oh, but Jesus, you know, it was just so, we, I was only having fun, you know. Yeah. But, you know, but these are Christians. Now, listen to what I, I'm going to go here further. The world has gone through a thing this past month here. Seeing this on display. Their moniker, pride says it all, pride. Right? Celebrating, celebrating as if it's something new and something free. It hasn't been. You read Genesis through to Revelation. This has gone on for time. It's nothing new. Right? The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And then man making laws to force us who are Christian to do those things, to accept these things that God does not accept. All right? 20 plus years ago, I saw two men of God standing in their robes behind a garbage pail on fire with a cross in it. They were declaring that there would be no more cross and blood preached in the church. This is the new age of the church because it was offensive. And from then on, well, then that's when they started to ordain homosexuals to run denominations and, and to lead people. 
right? But my Bible tells me, my Bible teaches us that this way of life is not so. So they got a following. But if you look at these places, you will see the churches, denominations that are like that, some of them are closed, some of them are shuttered, they've been sold for homes, they've been, they've been sold for bars. The Spirit of God is not there. People are scattered or not at all. And those in it that are doing it, as, as, as Jesus said, Pharisees. That's, that's, that's the truth of it all. They can claim, they can put on the cross and that and wear, what can Jesus do? And, you know, and, and carry your Bible around. But if you don't have the spirit, if you're going against what God says is truth, you're walking in spiritual darkness. You're going to end up spiritually dead. Separate it from God throughout eternity. And the sad part about it is you had the word of life. You know the word of life. You're reading it. You're calling on the God of all creation who says, be ye holy as I am holy. But in this past year, I've read headlines in the paper. Man, man gives birth. I went, hmm, okay. Man thought he growing COVID weight and found out he had an ovarian cyst. I went, am I reading the National Enquirer or what? In the, what, what is going on? We told our children that dad was pregnant. <laughs> I said, my goodness. But this is what we're told. We have to accept this as being normal. And today's monitor, well, let's look at the science of it all. Okay, let's look at the science of it all. Woman, you got a prostate? <laughs> and I don't have ovaries. You know why? Because God created us male and female. Period. I see in another thing, it says, what would Jesus do? In this one other, this, what would Jesus do? He would walk, he said, Jesus would have a gay pride parade and walk in the parade, and he'd just accept it. He said, he cannot do that. He would not do that because then he's embracing what God said was an abomination. All right? But we go on further than this. If we look at uh, what God gave Paul revelation in, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. There's a list. There's a list to those who will be outside of heaven. It says, do, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sins at sex before marriage or who worship idols, doing witchcraft and tarot cards, stuff like that, or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy persons, drunkards or abusives or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. He also says that, that in 1 Timothy 1 and 10, the law is for people who are sexually immoral, who practice homosexuality, who are slave traders, liars, promise breakers, who do, not, who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching of God. This is the list of God. This is God's word. This is not my word. We believe the Bible is the word of God. We believe the God of the Bible is God. Amen? Amen? We do believe that. So we stand for that, and that's the way we're supposed to walk. He said, those who continue in that practice, their behaviors, they will experience separation from God throughout eternity. Right? 
But this isn't says the, the judgment comes to the church first. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the ungodly stand? I stand before you today. I needed God's grace. For I was an adulterer, a liar, and a thief. And I'd say adultery physically, no, not physically. But as Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, any man who looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So right there, I'm on the list. I'm adulterer. And a liar, because I was lying to God, I was lying to my spouse, and I was lying to myself. And one day we're going home after this, and Kelly, she had a fit on and upset with me because she says, I saw you looking at her. And I said, I didn't do that. I lied. So I didn't do that. And she quoted that scripture to me. Jesus said that if you look on a woman and lust after her, that you've committed adultery with her in your heart. I said, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit says, yes, you did. I went, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know, then, then well, 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 then I'm, I'm a liar. I'm guilty, right? But I'm a thief because I was taking what was not mine and enjoying the pleasures of it. Thought I was getting away with something. But our God who sees all and knows all and wants us to be clean, wants us to be holy, says, if you want to walk with me, if you would say you want to live for me, then you got to put this away. Don't be in denial. And if what it all come down to, I can say, well, you know, I'm, I, I, ladies, I'm sorry that societies have made you sex objects and sex toys, and you know, us men, we just, just gravitate, just grab it all, feed it all in, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for that. But the thing that it breaks down to is choice. It was my choice. It was my choice to do it, my choice to enjoy it, my choice to say that I'm not hurting no one. And if I died in it and stood before God and he says, Dale, you knew. But I said, oh, Lord, everyone's doing it. And it was just good and there's no harm in it. It's been that way. He'd say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. There's lawlessness. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I do not know you. And here you are. Here I am. Consider myself a man of God. Praying for people, laying hands on people, and walking in sin and not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven because I would not repent. You know, you have to get brutally honest with God. If you want to come out of the darkness and you want to walk in the light, you got to get brutally honestly with, honest with God. When he told me that, my life started to change. I didn't change immediately. Because it wasn't immediately that I got into that. It was something that come up. Uh, Rolly and I were talking after first service. He said, yeah, he said, it's like a little baby. When it's a little baby, he said, you can just take it and kind of put it off to the side. But if you leave it alone and let it grow, it becomes a big man. And then you got trouble. You got man-on-man trouble. You, you know, you, you got big issues to get rid of. 
but you have to get brutally honest with God. Get in the prayer, prayer closet with him when he presents it to you. Don't be in denial of it. And I know what denial is. You, you'll receive it once. You'll say, no, I won't. I know I didn't do that. And you'll get into And God will keep putting it before you. And you'll keep putting it before you. To like me, one day, over years, finally got it into my fat, thick skin, skull that you are like that. Repent. And I repented. Because in God, as long as you draw on breath in your lung, there's room for repentance. Amen. Isn't that our God so merciful? Thank him. There's room for repentance. You can come to God full-heartedly and repent. And then, he said, like he says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Submit yourself unto God. So when I sing, Lord, I want all more of you, more of you, Jesus, that's all of that. That's pure from my heart. Or I used to sing that and think so, but it's, it's not what's not so. You know, say, yeah, I wanted it. I really wanted it. But they weren't, my prayers and that weren't going above my lips because I was unclean. Unclean. He wants us to release it. Release it to him. And when we release it to him, then we will experience coming out of the darkness and walking in his marvelous light and enjoy the freedom of our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that you blessed us to hear your word. Thank you, Lord, for what your word's going to do in each and every one of us in this day and in days to come. And we just praise you because you are awesome and you are forgiving and you are merciful. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now as we go to communion, see if I remembered the communion cup. I did. <laughs> All right. I'll ask you all to rise with me as we go to communion now. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, said, this is my body, which is given for you. When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. He stopped, he said, stop and take a moment and search your heart. If there's anything in our hearts that is not of God, ask him to forgive you, to release you, show you the way up. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you because that's what he does. And he's a gentleman. Not going to beat you up. He's going to lead you. He says, yeah, I know. I know you've fallen. I know you've fallen short. But I'm going to help you. And he'll help us to start us again. So let us partake. This is the cup that represents Jesus' blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. 
We thank you, Lord, that it's not your will that any man would perish, but that all would be saved. We thank you for sending your word to us today. We thank you for turning the light on, that we would see with clarity what it is to walk in spiritual darkness, Lord, that we don't have to walk that way anymore. We thank you, Father God, that your word says that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us partake. Yeah.